Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Please, please, please wear pants during your video interview. Now, both parties, not just the person being interviewed. Just yesterday, Jessie filled me in on a horror story of her last interview, where the interviewer spilled coffee on his lap, jumped up really quickly to reveal that he was wearing holiday boxers. Now, while it makes up for a hilarious story, it did not land a hire for the company. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and business leaders win the right hire. We share insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Mr. Vince Thompson. Vince is the founder and CEO of Melt, one of America's most successful sports marketing and branding agencies. And he's also the author of Build Brand You. Vince has been named one of Atlanta's Business Chronicles most admired CEOs among the 500 most influential, well, I want to say Atlanteans, <laughs> by Atlanta Magazine and the American Diabetes Association Father of the Year, one of Sports Business Journal's Power Players, and was listed as BizBash as one of the top 1,000 people in the event industry, which is what makes Vince the perfect guest for today's topic. Vince, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Man, thank you so much for having me. Greetings from Atlanta. And we call those britches in the South, but I believe that Jeffrey Tubin <laughs> may have written the manual on wearing your britches during a Zoom. <laughs> it's funny because I was just watching the, what was that show? Ancient Aliens. And they were talking about Atlantis. Every time I wanted to say Atlantis the whole time as I'm reading this. So Freudian slip there. I wish I was there right now for sure. Me too. It'd be kind of fun. There's less COVID in Atlantis apparently. I, that, that's what I hear. <laughs> Today we're going to discuss a couple interesting things. We're going to talk about an impressive pivoting story about your organization and how you have pivoted and built out a virtual hiring process. So we had a lot to cover today, which is going to be kind of fun. So thanks for joining us, Vince. Let's start with your story and the challenge that you went through that you shared with me. On March 16th, it was the old timey needle scratched against the record player for those who can remember that. In my business, the event and experience business produces about a thousand events a year, particularly in sports. And we were preparing to activate our 18th final four on behalf of the Coca-Cola company. It was in Atlanta this year, which is always a special time and place to do that. A busy spring, big music festivals, art festivals, food festivals, golf, Major League Baseball, all of that, moving into the Olympics. And literally the world stopped. And not only did it stop, there was no manual for how and what was happening. I'll never forget that. You remember when you were in certain places. I remember in my office and beginning to get these calls in from all the conference commissioners and the television networks saying, hey, we got to pack the circus up before the circus even unpacked. I would imagine. So you had to do a quick pivot. What would you do to pivot your business? Two or three things. And I'll say this, and I think you've heard this from others, is that if you don't lose anybody you love during this period, I think they're going to wind up being a lot of long-term silver linings from it. The first thing is, is that there was no manual for this. And we were all in this together. It's not like we lost a major account. So the entire planet, and I think you know this as well as anybody, that people can deal with good certainty and bad certainty, but not uncertainty. And post 9-11 was that similar. Everybody was in this period of great uncertainty, unlike economic crashes and those types of things. And it was a hundred year pandemic. So there's no manual for that. And so like most entrepreneurs, you try to have 
some type of contingency plan. We always had a contingency plan if we had lost a big account. Let's say 15 to 25% of our business went away overnight, but literally 100% went away overnight. And so I pulled my team together and I said, first thing is we got to figure out what is happening here. We had been reading about it. I pulled my management team together and I said, we need three scenarios. If this passes in two or three weeks, you forget 15 days to flatten the curve. Then we were like, well, hey, maybe when it warms up, Memorial Day. So we went into a contingency process. We reached out to all of our vendors and then really not knowing the magnitude of this, I sent everybody home and said, the first thing you need to make sure of is that your friends and your family are okay. Obviously the schools and everybody was going through this in real time, but it just happened to be that our industry was one of the biggest that had been impacted. Air travel shut down, restaurants shut down, hotels shut down, major events. Even if you look it down to weddings and those types of things popular in the spring. So I wish I'd told you that, but it's just being an entrepreneur for a long time, you're going by a lot of your gut and humanity and empathy. Yeah, I would imagine so. So you made the shift. You also had to, at this time, shift 100% to remote with all your employees. Yeah. You had this big domino effect. So all of a sudden, everybody's frightened out of their mind, unsure if they should or could leave their house, making runs on toilet paper and those types of things. Then you had the buildings where you're leasing your space. They're pushing out, hey, stay home. Then you don't know if you're liable if you tried to get your people back in. Then you've got your clients that are on the hook for millions of dollars. They're all reeling to say, what should we be doing? What are the messaging we should be doing? And those types of things. So I literally just spent a lot of time with myself and my closest advisor saying, okay, let's step back. Let's try to remove the emotion from this equation. And let's begin making as many and informed decisions as we can. But first and foremost, was the safety of my employees. And then we started calling around to our clients and the colleagues that we work with in the ESPNs and the CBSs and saying, are you okay? What do you need? What can we do? And I think one thing that'll come out of this is a great deal of empathy and understanding because in the middle of all this COVID, I've dealt with my father who fell and had a hairline fracture of his hip and they got hit by Hurricane Sally. And so you just don't know what people are going through. And I think we now have all had a time to kind of step back and say, hey, let me relate to you a little bit better. Slow down. Let's walk through it. And the other thing is, is that since I speak in campuses across the country for career development, because of my experience at Auburn University and working my way through as a sports writer, we had 40 interns coming in for the summer. All of a sudden, I started hearing from hundreds of college students and professors and their parents saying, hey, our summer classes are canceled, our summer trips abroad, our internships, our jobs please do something. And I said, you know, I've always wanted to take my internship program virtual. We have great leaders that come in and speak to these kids, but I wanted to share it with the world. I wanted to keep Melt as a positive forward face going forward at an industry had been decimated. And I saw a, a click, a link in an entrepreneurial newsletter that said, hey, if you have the time to ever write that book you want to write, do it. And I said, well, I don't want to write some gratuitous thing about myself. I want to do something to help. And we've had this thing going on for nine months now. We have 3,000 kids in it. We have 75 different podcasts. We'll get you on the books out and really impacting a lot of professional lives and keeping positive and showing the industry leadership and that we were just more than an event marketing company. We are a multimedia platform, social media company. So I sort of intuitively thought to myself, I had had a break in 40 years and I want to do some things for myself and my organization that I haven't had time to do. So that was my tact. Okay. So were you able to recapture the business by reaching out, using empathy, finding out what's going on and get the company back well, on track? Well, sta we stabilized the business okay, because, because PPP worked for us the way it was supposed to work. 
then we were full transparent with our organization. We said, look, we're going to try to keep you as long as we can, but we're going to have to cut you down salary wise or furlough wise or some hours wise. But we, but in case you get sick, we're going to maintain your healthcare for a long time. But the thing you got to remember about representing major corporations is not like steering battleships. So when you represent Coca-Cola, it's like representing the U.S. government. So you're wading through all of this massive amount of uncertainty on some form of good faith that, hey, I'm going to balance keeping my people and taking care of them with the combat that this thing's going to be over by Memorial Day. And because you remember, they were thinking about, hey, we're going to play the Final Four in the summer and those types of things. And so I just said, look, for 75 to 90 days, we're going to evaluate things here. And going forward, we'll take a look at that. And if we have to make some harsher, tougher decisions, we'll do that going forward as well. The interesting part is to see the major companies dealing with the form of uncertainty. And don't forget, then we had massive civil unrest in the middle of May with the George Floyd incident. So not only did you have this whammy of a hundred year pandemic, then you had, and Atlanta was an epicenter of all this massive civil unrest. This will be unpacked in business books for many, many years to come. I'm sure. You stabilized the business and then you continued with the internship program. So you continued to build the company in different ways and all remotely. There were a couple of strategies. A, goodwill is good business. So I wanted to be forward facing out there. And B, quite honestly, if I had 50 event producers that didn't have any events to produce and I was going to keep them on some form of payroll, I needed to manufacture some work. And then I'm like, all right, this may be out of your comfort zone, but you're going to learn how to produce podcasts. You're going to learn how to edit galleys of books. You're going to learn how to put newsletters together. You're going to learn how to run ads on social media and those types of things. And I said, here's my strategy. And here's what I want the outcome to be. It was weird to see the behavior of some of these people because some of them really, really, it got on them really, really hard. And it tended to be younger people who have not been through things like divorces and sending kids to school and taking care of sick parents where, the real things in life that we deal with versus the first obstacles or barriers or hurdles that these kids had produced. So I'm not going to lie. And anybody else that tells you otherwise is probably fibbing. It's hard to keep people totally motivated and accountable in a total virtual environment. It's Damn near impossible. That's the challenge for sure. All right, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find additional content and resources on how you can land great hires. Our guest today is Vince Thompson. He's the founder and CEO of Melt. We just talked a little bit about the pivot he made with his company during recent months. The perfect storm, as I like to call it. Now we're going to talk a little bit about how he shifted and pivoted and he continued to grow and hire once he stabilized. Let's talk about your virtual interview process because you had to shift completely to that because that was a new thing for you. So tell me about your experience with that. Here's the thing you've got to remember, and this is what we tell everybody, not just the college students who are out searching for the intern programs, but everybody, the same standards still apply. Okay. 100%. You've got the golden oldies. You've got to bring the heat. And in this environment, there's no excuse for not acing an interview. What do I mean when I say that? 
You don't have to wear what we used to call in the South your Sunday best, but have a nice collared shirt on, clean yourself up. You have to be presentable for the role. By the way, it's not a job application. It's a job process. It is a job audition. Every interaction, particularly in a virtual environment, is forming some form of impression. And then I say it's the billboard test. You've got about three to 10 seconds or the length of time it takes to pass a billboard on the interstate to make that first impression. So you still got to make that eye contact. You've got to know everything there is to know about the person. Interview the interviewer. Seek those emotional cues. No, Rick used to dream about being in Hawaii. And why was he in Hawaii? And you could have studied that. And why you evolved into the podcast. How you bring value to this. Because let me just explain something to you about the post-COVID unemployment employment world. I used to say you had to make 100 casts to get eight job bites to get two job leads. Now it's 500. There's so many people unemployed willing to take a lesser job for a lesser wage. It's going to depress. Overnight, it flipped from a seller's market for talent to buyer's market. So dress nice. Know everything there is to know. And I agree with you 100%. That goes both ways. And appropriate for the role. If you're a coder, it may be appropriate for you to wear a hoodie because everybody wears it. Correct. If you're in a customer-facing person, you want to dress the way that you're going to dress Correct. when you're in front of customers. And I wasn't kidding about that story that I heard just yesterday about the interviewer jumping up really quickly <laughs> and wearing underwear. Got a dress for- Well, here's the thing. You wouldn't walk into an office environment in your underwear. No way. What's the difference? So then you got to look them in the eye, turn the damn phone off. Let me tell you this. If I see somebody looking at a phone in any form of a virtual Zoom meeting or interview, I literally disconnect the dead gum interview. They go, well, it was a technical difficulty. I'm like, yeah, you can call it a technical difficulty. Run the dog out of the room. Have a nice backdrop. All of these things. Like I said, it's actually not a bad thing because the interview process, particularly in a live environment, is really not fair to the employer and the employee. So let's say you show up at my office at 11 o'clock for a traditional interview. Well, maybe I haven't eaten. Maybe I'm hangry. Maybe I just had a bad call with a client or an ex-wife and I'm in a bad place. And so I'm not in any mood to receive you, even if you were the best candidate ever. So in this virtual environment, I think it's a little more time to slow down and a little more time to get your point across. But again, it's still the standards. Be fully prepared. Know everything there is about Rick. Know everything is about his organization. Know everything there is about that job role. Know everything there is about you being able to bring that value to that. Also with both parties, the camera positioning, laptops, it makes it easy. If you're running multiple monitors, make sure that you yes. have your content on the screen that is closest to your camera. Because right. I made the mistake. I was doing a conversation with somebody and I kept looking up to the right and they're like, what are you looking at? I'm like, I'm looking at you as I'm talking to you. It's those subtle cues because again, the standards still apply. And I think we'll get to the other side of this, but I do think that I call it virtual meeting hygiene. Wear your britches, look somebody in the eye, get the dog out of the room, turn your phone off, know everything there is to know about that person. It doesn't matter in what environment. And then here's the other thing. It's only as important as you make it. The follow-up is important. Before you get off that interview, say, you know, hey, Rick, I'd love to get your home address because I would love to shoot you a note. So all of a sudden you're going, hey, that's a sharp guy. Three days later, this nice handwritten note shows up. And all of a sudden you're like, hey, this is the type of person this, this person, this employee, this person would be. In this environment, the intangibles now more than ever count almost as much as the tangibles. And what's interesting is that there are a lot of displaced A players on the flip side that are being super picky and they're judging you just as much as you're judging them. Correct. 
And the truth is that the employer needs to be on point, even though there's that perception that it is now a buyer's market, there's still a talent pool out there that's being really picky. And those are the people that you want to hire. So you have to give your best impression as well. You can't go into this lazy. If you fail to plan, you should plan to fail. And so have your interview structure down, have your questions down, do your homework on the candidates as well. Don't go in fresh. And I think to your point, and again, and we go back to the old axioms, the standards still apply on both sides. So don't forget, that's why the relationship, the first two letters are RE and the first two letters of reciprocal are RE. It goes both these ways. Give and take. How are you going to be as an employee? How are you going to be as an employer? And we're living in times where there are probably the most informed employees than there ever have been. One thing I counsel them on is I'm like, hey, if if you don't think or feel like our values match during this process, it's really no different than the dating process. You're like, hey, you're a nice person, but I don't think this is going to work out. Let's part ways as friends and move on down the line. And I also think, like I said, really, really empathy and understanding. And I've preached this for years. You're not going to be able to take anything personal in this environment because you don't know what people are going through right now. So take some time to try to find that because you might even be able to use that as common ground to get to that plateau where you can get over the mark and get the job complete. You dropped a bomb for me when we talked prior to the show, which I loved, which was- I've been known to do that. I know, I know. I heard you're a bomb dropper. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a question that you ask potential employees, especially during this time. I don't know if you remember, but you said- Oh, I do. Fill me out on that one question that makes a difference in whether or not you're going to bring somebody forward in the process. It's the last question I ask in an interview. What did you do for yourself and others during COVID? What do I mean by that? Did you feel sorry for yourself and get under your bed? Did you play video games or did you learn a trait or a skill that enhanced you professionally or personally? Did you pursue a passion you always had wanted? Did you get out and try to help your fellow human being in this process? And because those are the telegraphs, those are the signals that you're sending of the type of person that you are. And I use myself as an example, okay? If anybody on the planet could have felt sorry for themselves, it would have been me. I literally lost 95% of my business and company overnight. And I said, you know what? I'm going to step back. I have a great amount of faith and I'm going to write down. So I'm not going to worry about things. It doesn't change the outcome anyway. And I'm going to write down everything that I've been wanting to do for a long time. I was thinking I had about 75 to 90 days to accomplish all that. So I went to work like the literally the next day, Okay. And just checked them off the list. I got the book written. I was able to convert the program virtually. I was able to keep people on that I needed. I was able to do add some other product lines. I'm starting another business that's going to help student athletes and endorsements when all that comes online next year. So I tried to go out and take a daily walk. And if I encountered a homeless person, I always made sure, and I always do this anyway, but hey, by the grace of God, there go I. So hey, here's 20 bucks or five bucks or whatever it is. And so how they answer that Because by the way, that's the only question they're not going to be prepared for. Yep. And so how they answer that is straight from the heart. And it's the truth. And somebody says, by the way, I had that conversation today. The guy said, you know what? A week before COVID, my father, my elderly father developed some random infection. And I decided to step away and give him 100% of my time to get him well. I was like, well, that's all I need to know. Come in next week. Let's get a deal done. So 
What did you do for yourself personally and professionally and others during COVID is going to be a litmus going forward? Well, that's what I call a knockout question. If somebody doesn't pass that, then guess what? You don't move forward with them. That's something that's core to your company values. It's core to who you are as an individual and as a leader. And it's important to your organization. And by the way, here's the thing. It really doesn't matter what the what is. If you were involved in social justice, if you were taking your elderly parents around, If you were homeschooling your kids in a Zoom, if you felt the need to serve meals for first responders, if you felt the need to learn PowerPoint, if you felt the need to learn gardening, it's the fact that you did something to move and advance yourself forward, advance and enhance. And so, like I said, it doesn't necessarily the what, it was what you did. So to be the devil's advocate here, what if I said, you know, I really wanted to get good at a game that I like to play, so I dedicated all my time to gaming. I'd say, well, if I'm running Activision or I'm running a professional gaming league or I'm running an animated division of the company. Now, we'll tell you, there's a lot of strategy in those things involved in technology. So it would depend on the situation. But nine times out of 10, saying that you were able to binge watch six great shows, improve yourself on a video game is probably not a totally positive market. It's got to link back to your corporate values. Corporate values, core values, self-improvement, enhancement, and the enhancement of others in your life. And again, doesn't matter what it is, but it's just got to be something towards. And by the way, it's fine if they wanted to play video games and our values didn't match up. I mean, that happens every day. That's okay too. Shoot, we're getting pretty close on time, Vince. What would be two or three key takeaways you can give the audience that could plug into their business today? Well, I think that both as an employer, as an employee, I think this is a great time to have a tremendous amount of empathy and understanding and compassion for our fellow man and really, truly understand what we're all going through this together. Recognize that all of us have been in impacted by this, but not all of us respond as well to stress or uncertainty as others. So have that passion and understanding. Take the time to improve yourself and others around you. Take the time to identify those jobs or those areas. And now you actually have the time to really thoroughly research those and vet those out understand and attack those and utilize that information and technology to do it and know that we're going to get to the other side of this sometime soon and use this time wisely to try to improve yourself and others around you. I look at it from a holistic perspective, which then ladders into a micro perspective of how that translates into running your business better or seeking that employment. I'm not going to get on an airplane a fraction of the time anymore. I may say, hey, Rick, I'd love to break bread with you, but maybe we'll do it once a year as opposed to, I think there's going to be a permanent shift in the way a lot of things are done going forward. And it's going to be an acceptable shift. Yeah. And I love what you said earlier, by the way, goodwill is good business. And I'm just a believer. You put that karma out there, you put that positive energy out there and you put that goodwill deposits in the bank. When you need it, it's going to come around. And again, I don't care if it's impacting 3000 kids or making sure some homeless person is just able to have a warm meal that night. You put it out there. It's going to come back every time. You may not know when, but goodwill is absolutely good business in my book. Vance, man, I love what you're doing. You're great people. So thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what's going to be the best way in which members of our audience can find you, reach you, find out more about your company? Give us a plug. Thank you so much. Again, like I said, the book Build Brand New is about a guide to building your own personal brand, pursuing your passions right now is on Amazon. Our website is meltatl.com. I'm a big proponent of LinkedIn. 
LinkedIn. I respond to everybody. Hit me up on LinkedIn. And then my social handles are at Vinny Inc. V-I-N-N-Y-I-N-C. And I just love to help people. I really do. And I really appreciate you giving me this forum and this opportunity to really talk about things that are important to me, you, us, and our audience and our listeners. So very honored to be a part of the family. And don't forget, wear your britches. One hundred percent. And pants. That's my LA coming out. Well, I want to thank this week's audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. Uh, quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. After all, this show is for you, and uh, we want to continue to make it better for you. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or drop me an email at rick at stridesearch.com. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Greg Teruzian. Greg is the founder and and Managing Director of Elevate Hire. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn Live Show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to recruitment success, Rick Gerard.